I'm turning your attention to the book of Psalms, chapter 61. Psalms, chapter 61. And with everything that's happened thus far in the service, I've been torn whether to go forward into preaching. But I have this crazy belief that it is the power of the Word of God that transforms and changes. And so I'm not here just to deliver a sermon because I have something to say, but I believe that what is about to happen is the going forth of the Word, of which the Bible says it is sharper than a two-edged sword, able to do an incredible work in our life. And so I'm believing God that there's some things that's going to be severed, some things going to be separated and worked on and dealt with through the Word that nothing else can do. So we're going to allow it to work in us. Will you allow that today? Amen. Psalms chapter 61 and 2 says, From the end of the earth I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Amen. And I want to just talk to you for a few minutes about this when I am overwhelmed. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, when I am overwhelmed. When I am overwhelmed. From the end of the earth, the psalmist says, will I cry unto thee. When my heart, when my spirit, when that which is in me. We understand that we have these bodies of flesh, these containers of humanity. But yet there is a spiritual man within each and every one of us. There's going to come a time when this body of dust will return to the dust from which it came. These bodies will not live forever, but there is a spiritual Part of you that from the time you were born until all of eternity, you will exist somewhere. And so for now, we are contained in these vessels of clay, but that spiritual part of us. It's not the weariness of the body. It's not the aching of the bones. It's not the tenderness of the flesh. It's not the aches of our humanity, but it is the spirit of which we are talking about. For he says, when my heart is overwhelmed, he says, then lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Amen. If you could see my notes today, you'd realize most of the passages from which I refer are out of the Psalms. And it's something about the psalmist understood and connected that it wasn't the daily grind that got to us. It wasn't physical hunger or it wasn't physical exhaustion. But he is talking about the element of the spirit and the desolation that can come upon us. In the uh, 102nd chapter of Psalm, there is a header which describes that passage, and it calls it the prayer of the afflicted. Let me just say something right now, that, that, that we should not always uh, disregard our afflictions. There is something, the Bible says that it is the heart of God and the mind of God that is drawn to those that are in affliction and in pain. There is something about this season that somebody is in that it connects us to the heart of God more, more closely than anything else. And so I'm not saying that God would bring this affliction upon you intentionally or purposefully. Sometimes it's just life. But understand that in this moment you have a connection to God like perhaps never, no other season before. It is a prayer of the afflicted when God inclines and he leans in and he tunes in and he hears. He said the prayer of the afflicted when he is overwhelmed and 
poureth out his complaint before the Lord. In our seasons of affliction and in our times of pain, it is not simply a, a moment to endure. It's not just something to get through but it is a time to open ourselves up and communicate what it is we are feeling, struggling with, and dealing with to our God. Amen. We are talking about overwhelmed in this capacity. We are speaking of that which is feeble. We are speaking of that which is faint or weak. We are talking about that which is literally in a state of exhaustion, about to pass out. But when we read this word in its uh, defined form, we see that it is to turn or to wrap or to cover. And so when the English is uh, rendered, it is to be overwhelmed. I wish we could see a word picture in our mind right now that that part of that phrase, overwhelmed, is literal. It means to be surrounded. It means to be covered over. It means to be buried. And in, in, in definition, it means to be drowned. And, and, and so I'm not talking about something that is just a little momentary pain. I'm not talking about something that is just a little ache, just a little stitch in the side for a second. But I'm talking about the pain that does not go away. I'm talking about the pain that turns into a throb. I'm talking about that suffering that seems to uh, always exist. It doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't go away. It doesn't, it doesn't feel better in the morning or feel better at night. It doesn't, heat doesn't help it and, and uh, medicines can't cure it and and all of the uh, soothing uh, elements that we can bring into our atmosphere, get the temperature just right, get the light just right, get the music just right, get the mood just right, and still beyond all of the aesthetics that we can bring into our system to try to soothe ourselves beneath it all is this one thing that just keeps throbbing within us. It is this pain. It is this suffering that will not go away. Why? Because we are surrounded by it. We look to the north and it's there we look to the right and to the left and it is there we look behind us and it is there but if that were not enough we look beneath us and it's there as well because it's under our feet and we look above us and it's there as well because it's over our head in other words everywhere we turn we see it we have to look through our pain we have to look through our problem to see we have to look through our suffering to behold and so everything becomes tinted and tainted with the problems that we are in during in the season that we are suffering. It becomes the condition in which we live. It has conditioned our thoughts. It has conditioned our emotions. It has conditioned our thinking. It conditions our feeling. It conditions our affection. It conditions all of us because we are not just struggling with this thing for a second, but we are overwhelmed. We are buried. We are covered over. Amen. We are drowning in it. We are suffocating. We are seeking to breathe again the breath of fresh air that we once knew but it is gone and where can we go how can we escape if we move here it's there if we retreat it's there everywhere we turn we are overwhelmed and may I say this is something that is a, a song of the psalmist that is over and over and over and over repeated I'd love to tell you it was in the beginning and never shows up again but throughout the pages of the psalm 
from the beginning until the end, there are moments, there are seasons of being overwhelmed. In between the victories, when the great wonderful words are extolling of how God has come through and the magnificence of his ability and what he has done for us and the celebrations, but in between every one of those incredible occurrences, there is that pain, throbbing, aching, compelling cry of one who is overwhelmed, one who is buried, one who feels drowned. In the 77th chapter of Psalm, he says, in the day, in the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. In the moment of my trouble, in the hour of my trouble, in the season of my sorrow, I sought the Lord. He said, my sores, they ran in the night and ceased not my soul refused my soul refused to be comforted i remembered god and was troubled i complained and my spirit was overwhelmed amen psalm 143 and 4 says therefore is my spirit overwhelmed within me and my heart, amen, is desolate within me. I just simply say to you, amen, referring to our opening verse, the Bible says, when my heart is overwhelmed, it's not if. Every person under the sound of my voice, no matter how much you have in your savings and banks account, there's going to come a time when your problem is something you cannot buy yourself out of. No matter how strong your physique is and capable and able your bodily form is there's going to come a time that situations will come upon you that you cannot work your way out of amen no matter how keen your mind is and great your amount of wisdom and understanding is there are going to be things that come upon you that you cannot work out with your own understanding but the answer is in Psalm 77 in the day of my trouble I saw the Lord. Let me tell you something. He loves us too much to leave us comfortable at all times. Yes, He does. He loves us too much to make us live a life that is absolutely perfect and pain-free because it's often not in our good days and not when it's beautiful and not when we feel blessed, but it's when we are in trouble that we call on the name of the Lord. It's when we're overwhelmed and we don't know what to do that we call upon the name of the Lord. It's when we can't see our way out, when we can't see up from down, when we don't know which way to turn. It's when we've tried everything and we don't know what to do that we turn unto the Lord. May I tell you that maybe the greatest grace in your life is not when you feel wonderful, but when you feel so miserable that it compels you to an altar. It puts you on your face. It causes tears to escape that won't stop because perhaps there is no time that we are closer to God than when our heart is bursting forth with pain and agony and we turn to God because there is nowhere else to go. I've come to tell you I will celebrate with you when you celebrate. I will rejoice with you when you rejoice choice, but there is nothing like falling on our face before our God when we have nothing else to do, no one else to turn. Who can help us? No one but the Lord. Amen, 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 amen.
My heart is desolate. I wish I could give to you, take the time this morning to describe the circumstances in which it is often attributed in which the psalmist writes these passages. He talks about people turning against him. He talks about his loneliness. He talks about the pain in his body. He talks about being persecuted. He talks about being forsaken. He talks about a myriad of circumstances that that are so similar to what you and I in this house today. I'm not talking uh, uh, just abstractly, but I'm talking about people in this house. What you you are suffering, what you are enduring, what you are walking through, the questions that are percolating in your mind, the things that are swirling in your system, your confoundedness, amen, is mirrored in the words of the psalmist. You are feeling what he felt. You are walking the path that he went. You are living the life that he lived. It is not something that is strange unto you. You are not an isolated circumstance. You are not alone in your perplexity but you are suffering that that is common to all men. Amen. But if there is any grace in it, it is the fact that it is our problem. It is that it is that thing that we cannot seem to overcome. It is that overwhelming element that tra- attracts us and draws us to God. Amen. And once again, the psalmist says in 142 and 3, When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path in the way wherein I walk for they have laid a snare for me. He tells us once again it's not an if but it's a when. There are going to come seasons when we're overwhelmed but you know, you know, you know, you know. Lord, you know. I've come to tell somebody in this house the only consolation I can give you this morning and it is the greatest answer that could ever be prescribed for your problem is God knows. Oh, Holy Ghost. I wish right now somebody's spirit would be quickened and made alive for his word. It is alive and sharper. That is that point that is trying to pierce the pain of your situation. It is that God knows. The pastor can put his arm around you and commiserate and with your suffering. Your brother, your sister, amen, can lean upon you and love you right now and tell you we will be with you throughout what Whatever it is you're enduring. But my friend, we are limited in our capacity and our ability to help. But God knows. Amen. When we have reached the length of our ability, when we have gone as far as we can possibly go, when our words begin to ring empty because they are nothing more than consolation, I introduce you to one that knows. He knows the beginning from the end. He is the first, the last, the beginning, the end, the alpha, the omega. Amen. He sees things and speaks to things that are not as though they were because from the beginning he said I knew who you were I knew every step you would take I have plans for you not to hurt or harm you but my plans they will prosper and they will bless you and all I'm trying to tell you is you might be in between blessings right now you might be in the trough of sorrows that is in between the times of blessing but 
God knows right where you are. He knows every pain that you feel right now. He knows the suffering of your heart. The Bible tells us that he captures and contains every tear that falls from the eyes of his children. And they are like aromatic beauty before him. He is bathed, amen, in the tears of your situation. He cannot escape the suffering of his children. He knows right where you are. He heal, He feels every pain that you're feeling. He understands the agony of your struggle. And the greatest hope and consolation I can give is that there is somebody that knows. There's something about that that right now there are people in this house. If you can embrace the words of this preacher, it will give you hope because the hardest thing of what you're enduring is, God, where are you? Do you know where I'm at? Do you know what I'm feeling? Do you even care? Do you understand? Because there is something inside of us that has this little bit of little bit of wisdom that says, if I know that he knows, if I am assured that he knows where I'm at and what I'm going through, everything's gonna be all right. But we're like John the Baptist who did mighty, marvelous, and wonderful things. But when he was in prison and about to lose his life, he sends his disciples to the Christ just to make sure, are you really the one? Have we followed something astray? Is this what we were looking for? And the Bible doesn't tell us that John, uh, uh, Jesus consoles John uh, with wonderful words of understanding. He just simply sends him back. You go tell John that the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, and the dead are coming to life. That was the greatest consolation that John could get. Why? Because there was one that knew it was the right one. It was the one that sat upon the throne. It was the one that was high and lifted up and his train fills the temple. It was the one that brings life to the lifeless. It was one that brings hope to the hopeless. It was one that brings strength to the weak. And if I know that he knows, then everything's going to be all right. I can look my pain in the face and say, but my God knows where I'm at. Weeping may endure for a night. My sorrows may endure for a season, but as long as I know that my hope is coming, oh hell, throw everything you got at me, but he knows the way that I take. Give me everything you got, but if he knows where I'm at, everything's gonna be alright. You can't bury the church deep enough that it won't come up fighting. You can't hide the church far enough that it won't come out surviving because if he knows, if he knows, I wish to God somebody would look at your cancer right now and say, but my God knows how to put every cell back in its proper place. I wish to God somebody would tell your nerve damage that my God knows where that nerve belongs. I wish to God somebody would tell your heart trouble. He made the heart. He can fix the heart. He made the body. He can fix the body. He created relationships. He can heal my home. My God knows. 
when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Oh, dear Lord in heaven, so much in that one line alone. I simply want to borrow from that one. Lead me. Lead me. Lead me. Lead me. Because the answer to your circumstance is not to wallow and stay in it. The answer to your dilemma is not to put out a sign. This is where the readings dwell. This is my address. This is my home. And this is all there is to my life. I'm not staying here. You don't understand. I may get to a place that is strange that I don't understand and know. Cannot comprehend what God is doing in this place. But I do know one thing. He didn't bring me here to leave me here. I think somebody needs to start packing your bags. Somebody needs to get the luggage out of the closet. Somebody needs to get the suitcase out from under the bed. What are you doing? I'm packing up. Don't you understand? The doctor's prognosis is this. Don't you understand? The doc diagnosis is that. Don't you understand? It's not going to get better from here. But here's what you don't understand. I'm not staying where I'm at. One way or the other. I'm coming out of this place. I may be here for a moment. I may be here for a season. I may have been here longer than I understood. And I don't know why it's lasted this long. But what I do know is that I'm not going to stay here because my prayer and my petition is don't leave me where I'm at, but lead me, lead me, lead me. That tells me despite the psalmist's pain, he didn't hurt too bad to get up and go. I'm not staying. I wish somebody in your spirit today would rise up. If you can't get up on your feet, then get up in your heart. If you can't get up in your body, then get up in your mind. But you look your circumstance in the face and say, I'm not staying here. This is not where and how I die. This is not how it ends. But lead me, oh God, to a place, to a place, to a place that is better than this. Lead me to a rock that is higher than high. I need more than man's answers but I need an answer that's bigger than my problem bigger than my situation bigger amen than what I'm facing lead me get me out of this get me up get me get me get me moving come on come on come on I'm not staying here I'm not staying depressed I'm not staying suppressed I'm not staying oppressed I'm not staying bound I'm not staying hindered I'm not staying fettered I'm not staying locked up I'm not staying chained up I'm not staying down. I'm not staying discouraged. I'm not staying. I'm not staying. I may be down, but rejoice not against me, oh my enemy, because though I may be down, I will arise. I'm coming out of this place. I'm coming out of this place. I'm coming out of this place. 
coming out of this place, coming out of this place, coming out of this place. Come on, Greenfield. We're coming out of a place that has held us too long, held us bound too long, but this ain't the way it's always going to be. You're going to fight for a pew. You're going to have to look for a parking spot. You're going to have to find a place to fit because God is doing a work in this city. He's filling this house. He's filling hearts, lives, and minds. He's filling people. We're moving. We're moving. We're moving. Sit down for a moment. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, lead me to a rock. Move me. Don't let me stay here. The psalmist says in 142 and 3, Thou knowest my path the way I've walked. Psalm 77, 19 says, Thy way. The problem is, there's two ways. Our way, His way. Most of our frustration is we can't see our way. <laughs> I, I, I can't find a way out. Keep looking for your way. You'll die frustrated. Keep trying to figure it out in yourself. You'll die empty. I, I keep looking for a way out. I keep looking for my path. I keep looking for my way. My way. My way. The problem is my way. When the psalmist said, thy way is in the sea and thy path in the great waters. This is the psalmist speaking of the time when Israel went into Egypt, just dozens of people, and now they're being delivered and they're leaving multiplied into the millions and they have come to a barrier after Pharaoh has heard the cry of God to let his people go. And he releases them and they come to this, this great body of water that is insurpassable. And, and, and they don't know how to get across. They don't, and they have come to the conclusion. And here, they, they immediately reverted to their way because the, the, their, their understanding and their comprehension tells them, oh, oh, I see. I see. And, 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 and some of us think we have the spirit of discernment and understanding. It's really a spirit of suspicion. We need to stop trying to figure everything out in our head. We need to try, stop trying to manufacture answers for what we don't know. Because it's leaning to your own understanding. Oh, Jesus, help me. We lean to our own understanding when we see something we can't understand. And so we automatically go into a mode that tells us we got to figure out the answer. And so we come up with a solution that fits our circumstances and our thinking. That's our way. Our way is always fallible, but it's his way. So they come to this place. And what did they do when they ran into something that was bigger than themselves? They began to think and they're like, oh, we got it. We figured it out. There weren't enough graves in Egypt. So you brought us out here to bury us. And that was, couldn't have been further from the truth. And because they weren't looking to his way, 
they found their way, which was one of despondency and death. Thanks be to God, there was one that he had sent them, a man that was not leaning upon his own understanding, but had followed in the leading of the Spirit the entire way. And the Bible says that Moses lifted up his hands and his rod before heaven. He cried out to God, and God gave him a solution, and the winds began to blow, and the, and the waves were pushed aside, and there was a path, there was a way, there was a way that was in the Red Sea, and the Bible said, that's what it's talking about. Thy way, your way is in the sea, and thy path is in the great waters. Amen? And that's awesome. And, and I've said this before, but allow me to say it today again. And, 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 and in my mind, in my mind, the miracle is that God in this situation, he comes up with a solution. And that's exciting because all of us have things today. Wouldn't it be incredible if God just right now just pow, and there's, there's a solution to our situation. But, 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 but that's, that's so finite. That's so feeble in our thinking because that's how I see it. And that's not what the scripture is saying. It's not what it's saying at all. And I hope you'll discern the difference here because I think it's important. Thy way is in the sea and thy paths are in the great waters and thy footsteps are not are, are, are known. Amen. In the previous passage he was saying, amen, when my spirit is overwhelmed and I knew my, that you knew my path the way that I've walked. Amen. What, what I'm trying to say here is when these people came to this place, when they came to this, they they, they were looking for a solution. They couldn't find it in themselves. Moses performs this wonderful miracle, and the waves are all, and, and this path is made. And it would seem as if God, in the moment, came up with this miracle, and that's what we're counting on. When in reality, it was something that was much greater than that, because I could show you through a, a system of scriptures that, that it was more than that. The way was always there. The way was always there. It was his way. Amen. The waters, the waters that overflowed that place, if you go back, we're going to be studying in Genesis soon. And, and if you'll study the, 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 the day that the Lord began to establish the boundaries and the markers and everything else, it specifically says that he described where the seas could go and the rivers could flow. And he defined boundaries on that day. And he speaks to them, no further shall you go. And, all. and so he is established in the topography of this world. And he is creating the valleys that would fill with floods and waters. And he is creating the the seas and the oceans that we know and the currents of the rivers and such. But he created in them boundaries and he created in them bottoms. He created in them seas that would be shallow and spread and, and those who would be narrow and deep. He created all these things on purpose. And so it is that when he created the sea and he created these waters, he didn't just create the water that was on top, but he created that which was on bottom. The, the, the sea, the waters just go where he put them. The creation of the sea is more about what's underneath it than what's on top of it. I hope you get this. And what I honestly believe is in those days of creation when he's forming the earth, he's looking down through time and he sees a people that's going to need a walkway through and he put his way in the sea and he put his way in the bottom. So before there was ever an Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who would become Joseph and all of his brothers uh, and the children of Israel that would, that would occupy Egypt and then would need an exodus. Uh, and they come to a formidable foe uh, that they could not cross what they did not know when he formed the earth, when he formed the earth and he dug the seas. He put a bridge uh, in that place because uh, thousands of years later, my people are going to need a way of escape. I wonder how 
how many things has He built into your life and mine a way that we cannot see because the water hides it, but it doesn't mean it's not there. You're going to get it at some point. At some point this week, you're going to be walking. Oh, my God, I see what pastor's trying to say. The water hit it. The water hit it. The water obscured it. But it didn't mean it wasn't there the whole time. Your answer's been there before you were born. Your answer, your answer to prayers you had yet prayed was put into place before you were ever yet in the womb of your mother. If you don't believe me, then what do you do with the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth? Before there was a sin problem, there was a sin answer. Before you ever had a problem, there was an answer. There is a way that he has made that it is hidden and obscured by the circumstances but it doesn't mean it's not there. And so all we're waiting for is the change that reveals the answer that's always been there. Ah. Notice that it was carnal and common elements that both hid and revealed what was divinely placed. Waters, natural things, creation of God covered the answer, obscured the solution, hid what they were hoping for. And God did not do some divine thing and bring some supernatural element into their lives to suddenly reveal he just brought another natural element called the wind. (laughs) And the wind began to blow. And the blowing wind rippled the surfaces of the water. And the waters began to part because the blowing of the wind and the wind separated the waters and the wind revealed the path that was before them all the time. It is the wind that is blowing. It is the wind that reveals what God had already done. It will be the wind that blows the obscuring waters of your life apart to reveal that He knew where you were. He led you to this place on purpose and the way of escape was there before you ever got there. It will be the wind. It will be the wind. There is a word throughout the Scripture in the New Testament and the Old Testament that is interchangeable the word wind, breath, and, and, and spirit are all interchangeable. It's the same word in the Hebrew and in the Greek. And on the day of Pentecost, there was a sound from heaven. Not a wind, but as a mighty wind. And it blew upon them. It filled the room. Let me tell you what happened in this place about an hour ago. There was a sound from heaven. And a wind, like a wind, a noise 
noise, a spirit, a breath filled this house and began to blow among us. That's why I can tell you, some of you never going to be different again because the wind you've been waiting on, the waters have obscured the path that God has for you, but the wind is blowing again. The wind is blowing again. And the same wind that blew the waters apart to reveal the plan God for had for them is blowing in your life. It is the Spirit. Amen. We walk not by flesh. We walk not by, by, by the uh, sight. But we walk by the Spirit. We walk by faith. And, and so it is that there are some people in this house today. You're going to take a step of faith. You're waiting on God to do something. You're waiting on God to work before you move. But it's time for you to pack your bags. Where are we going? I don't know. But the wind's blowing. And that means the path's going to be plain. But I'm going to step. I'm going to step. I'm going to step. Because something's happening. The wind is blowing. Church, that's why we got to pray. That's why we got to bring the presence of God into this place. Because we need services like this. Because it's in times like this that the wind's going to blow the things away that's blocking the path. And somebody's going to walk out into freedom and liberty in this place today. Come on, stand with me all over this house. Why don't we just reach out to God right now and get that spirit and get that wind blowing again. Come on, I wish there were some worshipers. I wish there were some praisers. I wish there were some believers right now that would say, you're not done yet in this house, God. But breathe upon us. Let that wind blow upon us, God. Blow the dust and the dirt and the water and the waves away and let somebody see clear the way that you have made. It's what we do. When I am overwhelmed, lead me. Lead me. When I have overwhelmed, lead me. Because you know the way I take. You know the path before me. You know what's ahead of me. I don't see it. I can't comprehend it. But your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light into my path. I don't know where I'm going to put my feet down. You know what I believe? I believe God's able to make a way where there is no way. I believe God's going to make a way of escape. I believe God's making a way. Come on, church. We're just about ready to have church. Now's the Come on, somebody going to get the Holy Ghost. Somebody going to get delivered right now in the name of Jesus. I'm asking you to break out. I'm asking you to push out. I'm asking you to move out. I'm asking you to get out and let God have His way.